Thin Line Believers is a Christ-based outreach for the men and women who walk the thin line between good and evil, order and chaos. Our motto is, our service for his glory. To the police officers, veterans, firefighters, corrections, paramedics, dispatchers, and whoever else may join us, we are so glad you're here. Connecting to the cloud recording. Look at that. We are on record. Hey, welcome again, Thin Line Believers. You've got the three of us again since it was uh, so smooth last time. I only had to do a little bit of editing, not too much. This ought to be good. This ought to be good. This week, we, we kind of talked a little bit about this beforehand, not very much, but we decided, uh, or I guess... I decided, and you guys figured out what the heck, to talk about salvation, to talk about who is who is eligible for it, and uh, and we're just going to go from there. This week, I picked out probably the shortest verse that we're going to have on here, and it uh, I think it sums it up quite nicely. John 19, verse 30. We're going to start with this. When Jesus, therefore, had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. So I think that we'll get started with that. And if uh, when you guys want to lead us off in prayer, we'll get the conversation going. Go for it, Mike. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to be able to connect um, virtually, Lord, and to be able to talk about a subject and Lord, knowing that we can connect virtually also reminds us that whenever we pray, you hear us instantaneously. And so, Lord, we cry out to you for those that are that wear the thin line badge, Lord, whether it's the thin blue line or the thin red line or green and yellow, all those that serve in the first responder community. We ask that you would hear our prayers, hear our cries. Lord, I want to lift up uh, Officer Tally's family. Um, his wife and his seven kids um, as they prepare for the memorial tomorrow. Lord, will you put a hedge of protection around the community, bring comfort to them, and bring healing to them, Lord. And God, as Josiah, Adam, and I uh, talk and discuss, Lord, will you lead us and guide us and be with our brother Steve, who's um, busy doing stuff, continue to bless him and guide him. Lord, we know that there's chaos going on in Oregon as well in the state capitol. So just have that you protect them and bless our discussion, God, today in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you for that. Okay, so a uh, little background on why I wanted to talk about this this week. For one thing, I, I think it's pretty obvious, especially in the, the first responder culture, that uh, dealing with this kind of stuff, you see a lot of guys, and I'm sure you both are the same, you see a lot of guys that don't really go all in with their faith. And I think a big part of that is because there there's shame. I think there's a lot of shame behind uh, our sins and what we deal with. And I also think that there's a hesitance to jump all in because uh, along with that shame, it, it feels like it's undeserved. We see that we see it almost, there's almost like a clear divide, especially with, with you guys who have your background in ministry and then the rest of the guys in law enforcement, right, who've, been, who've come up in this, who see 
the worst of the worst. And then they look at you and, and, and they almost kind of try and clean up who they are before they even talk to you. Right. Or it, it's almost like they're one person one second. And then when they address you, it's, you know, you're cleaning up the language, you know, you're this and that. And, and you know, that this, this person in front of you, you know, who they are and you know that they believe, right. But they're not all in, they're not all in because they don't believe that they deserve salvation. <laughs> and so I think maybe it's upon us this week to tell them, yeah, you're right. You don't deserve salvation, but neither do I. And neither does anybody else, right? Like, like it says in the book of Romans, and there's none righteous, not even one. So do you see what I see? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Josiah, go ahead. I think you have something to share. Oh, well, I got too much to share. <laughs> no, um, no, as you were speaking, and as we kind of had this thought beforehand, um, do we deserve salvation no um that's exactly the question right i mean the answer to the question we don't deserve um salvation it's it's as ephesians tells us it's a free gift from god right when i say free it's not free it costs christ's life um but it is freely given to us um we we talk about i mean ephesians 2 8 it says by grace or starting up uh, the end of verse five, by grace, you are saved. He also raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavens in Christ Jesus. So that in the coming ages, he might display the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For by grace, you are saved through faith. And this is not from ourselves. It is God's gift. And, and I liken that. I mean, I don't deserve half the things that I've been given in life, right? I mean, uh, when it's my birthday, right? People give me gifts and it's not that I deserve them. They, they give them to me. Um, I didn't earn any of those. And, and Christ has given us salvation based on um, his son going to the cross and shedding his blood for us. I, I didn't deserve it. What I deserved is to be on that cross is to die for this, for my sins. That was the punishment of my sins, right? Um, the wages of sin is death. Um, and, and so that's what I deserve. So that feeling of shame, that feeling of guilt, that feeling of not deserving it is absolutely correct. However, that accepting of it and understanding that it is Christ paid the price for my sin. And I get to receive that in faith and live in that, right? No longer condemned and shamed because of my past, but made alive in Christ Jesus, knowing who I am. And it takes me back to Ephesians chapter one. And when I read it, that I'm, I'm holy, I'm blameless presented, not because of anything of me, but because of what Christ has done. And so these things, then I've been chosen and accepted and predestined and, 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 and adopted into the family. It's because Christ paid the price on that cross for me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's, that's what I want to get out today. And uh, 
we we don't come on this podcast to say i am holier than thou you know listen right. to the words because of how holy i am and follow after me i mean the only person who can really say that is paul and that's because paul said follow after me as i follow christ right i can't say that the only thing that i can say that you should do that i did was accept christ as your savior because i'm a friggin' filthy mess and I'm, I'm still saved by grace. You know, I mean, the Bible, the word says that I, I was bought at a price. And, and I, I want to make sure that we don't think so massively of our sin that we think that it's too big for the sacrifice of Christ on the cross, right? There's, Amen. There's nothing that I have done that is, is so awful, that's so filthy that, uh, that it can't be forgiven. And I think that's, that's what I'm seeing is, is guys, I, I've got buddies that, that I used to work with that I'm still buddies with that, uh, you know, they're like, yeah, that might be fine for you, but, but bro, you don't know, like, okay, but he does. And, and it's still, it's still not so bad that you can't be saved. Correct. I think, I think when we do that, we're, we're diminishing what Christ did for us upon the cross, right? Right. We're, we're, we're making it not possible or, or belittling what he did and his sin. I mean, our sin was covered by the blood of Christ there. There's nothing that we can do to that will ever rise above that. And then it's, and it's a ploy of Satan to, to get us to think that, you know, there's something more that we need to do, or there's there that we're too far gone that God could ever save us. And, and we're not, I mean, the thief on the cross recognized who was being hung next to him. And, and he, he professed that day who Christ was and Christ turned to him and said, you know, today you will be with me in paradise. I mean, what was what he did to deserve that cross was too great for for the blood that christ was shedding that moment no i mean christ's blood covered the multitude of his sins and and again you know i i think it puts us in that in the bigger light right it, when we when we begin to profess that when we begin to say oh well uh, you know uh there there's there's I've done too much. I, I think we, we belittle it and, and we, we, we put it on, on second par and it, it's not, it's Christ's blood covered everything and set us free. Something I want to read is out of first John chapter one, where it says, this is the message which we have heard of him and declaring to you, God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. Verse 6, the next few verses, it talks about the ifs. If we say we have no fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Not some, but all sin. Verse 8, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 
in verse 10. And if we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. And, you know, being that it's Passion Week this week, and I think, Josiah, you mentioned Romans 6.23, where it says, for the wages of sin is death, Yeah. right? And that's a verse I'm trying to teach my kids to memorize, you know, because the wages of sin is death. And I love the buts in the Bible, but the eternal life, right? It is a gift of eternal life. And Amen. And something that I realized both in the both fire and in police is there's this merit-based environment or culture that we're in, right? We're not given a merit or award unless we save someone's life. You know, we did CPR, they came to life and we get an award. And that's the culture we're in. And then I think sometimes guys have that guilt complex where, you know, I don't deserve grace. I don't deserve Jesus Christ because of this and this and this and this and that, right? We're in the culture of pulling people over, right? Citing them or summoning them to court. And we're in the industry of, you know, law and justice. And something that I think a lot of guys in uniform and those of you that are listening to this in the future, you have to embrace the word mercy and you have to embrace the word grace. Because as Josiah was mentioning, as Adam was mentioning, there's that element of the, the blood of Jesus that cleanses us, not from some sins, but all sin. And even though we wear a uniform and a badge, and we serve in a capacity and we deliver the law, we are not perfect. We're stained in sin as well. And I think there's that guilt complex of, well, I don't deserve grace. So therefore I'm not going to live the life of Jesus Christ or excuse me. There's that element of, you know, well, you don't know the things that I've done. And it's surprising to hear uh, officers and firefighters say that because what do we do when we arrest somebody and that suspects all, oh, my life is over. My life is done. And, you know, and we tell them, they're like, Hey, got to see a judge. Judge is going to determine your sentence, blah, 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 blah. Right. And so, but we forget somehow to apply that in our own lives. You know, how can God forgive me if I did this? You know, I mean, in our culture as officers and in the culture of firefighters, divorce, I think, in my opinion, is at a higher rate. You know, and I know a lot of guys that have gotten divorced and they've kind of washed Jesus Christ along with the church and they have that guilt complex. And, you know, those of you that are listening to this podcast later on, Please know that outside of the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, there's nothing that the blood of Jesus Christ cannot forgive you of. So salvation is faith in Jesus Christ. So no matter what you have done. Hey, so a couple of things. You mentioned law and justice, and I was sitting here taking notes because I like the way you guys talk. So, uh, you talk about the law and I really like that. 
And if you're listening to this podcast and you don't understand what I'm talking about when I say the law, I'm talking about the first five books of the Bible where we are introduced to the Mosaic law and also where we're introduced to the 10 commandments. Now you break one commandment, you've broken the entire law. The Bible says, well, Jesus, when he came, he made it a point to let them know that he didn't come to abolish the law. He came to fulfill it. And as such, he also kept the law. He's the only person who never sinned, right? And so here we have this perfect spotless lamb. Yesterday, we celebrated uh, Palm Sunday, right? Where Jesus was welcomed into Jerusalem as the king, right? Riding on, the, riding on a, a donkey's colt or in the old King James, which is much better, the cult of an ass, right? So he's he's welcomed in there as a conquering king, or a, a peace-bringing king, I should say. A conquering king would come in on a horse, right? A, a king of peace would come in riding on a donkey. Now, Jesus is the fulfillment of the law, but you say justice. Okay, well, where's where's justice because we are used to justice if i arrest somebody who's committed a crime i expect to see them do their time right so goes the rhyme you do the crime you do the time but god's wrath being poured out completely and fully on jesus christ according to the word that you just read for the sins of the whole world so there's enough payment there for every sin that i have committed am committing and will commit the world over, everybody. And so there is perfect justice within this sacrifice of Jesus Christ as well. So here we see the law fulfilled and perfect justice. And so whatever I have done, regardless of what it is, it's been paid for on the cross. And so when we come to the, the end times, right? At the end of the Bible, we're going to see this, this mercy seat. And the judgment seat, right? Now, the mercy seat, that's for you and me. That's you and I are going to receive rewards for what we've done here. Why? Because Jesus has already paid the price that should have been given to me on that judgment seat. Now, those who don't accept Jesus, they're going to have to face that judgment seat, and it's not going to be pretty. And uh, I, it's your turn. You're absolutely right. I mean, the, Paul said in in in, uh, in Acts chapter four, verse twelve, there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to people by which we must be saved. So I, I understand this idea of I've done so much, I have to do something for it, right? I mean, just as Mike was saying, we, we're we're used to saving someone's life and then getting the reward for that. Well, Christ said, there's nothing you could do to save your life. There's nothing you could do. I did it. And here's your reward for it. It's eternal life with me. If you accept, right? What, what we need to do, and, and this is, I think, a lot of uh, the, the struggle that we have is we need to humble ourselves and accept the free gift of God, which is salvation through the blood of Christ and fall on our knees and surrender 
to a holy, living, powerful God and give him control of our life. And so the real question, I think the real struggle is, is we tend to love our sin more than the idea of loving God, right? I, I, I enjoy what I'm doing. And so I'm really not willing and ready to let go of that, to let God fulfill that, that hole in my life. And, and so I, I want to chase the girls. I want to chase the bottle. I want to chase the things and the possessions because I'm concentrating on the here and now rather than what you said in the end, looking at eternity. I mean, we're talking about life or death here. We're talking about eternal life with God or eternal life without God, knowing that he exists. Um, I choose heaven. And if that means me not choosing this world, then, then so be it. Right. I'm going to I'm going to accept Christ. I'm going to accept his sacrifice upon the cross. I'm going to be washed of my sins and, and alive in my spirit and in my life to him. Letting this world pass. I mean, that I think is ultimately comes down to that, you know, oh, I've done so much. Well, are you willing to let go of all the things you've done and accept forgiveness for it and live finally? Right. Free of guilt, free of shame free of the burden that weighs upon your shoulder and be set free. And Christ offers that to you. Christ, Christ says, choose me today. I, I died. I, I paid for your sins. I finished it. And I rose again three days later. I, I finished it, right? It is done. The verse you started off with. There's no other in any of that, right? It is done. I'm sorry, Michael. Did you just put down a coffee cup and pick up a bigger coffee cup? <laughs> I think you I did. did. <laughs> <laughs> Hence what night shift does to you. <laughs> oh, remember well I went to sleep like at four or five o'clock. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> you know, Speaking of uh, justice and mercy, I don't know if you guys, I mean, this has been shared throughout probably all of pastoral ministry for years. And I don't know if Chuck Smith said it or somebody, but I remember him sharing something about a king making a decree. And if you make this, he makes this decree and whoever breaks this law and shall pay the penalty of, you know, for that. Uh, breaking that decree and i remember in that message a son the king's son broke that decree and when he was caught he was brought to justice and the king had to make the decision and the people that were watching were obviously like oh what's the king gonna do and i remember king the king saying i'm not gonna change the decree they still have to pay the penalty i remember the story going on saying the king took off his robe and came down to the judgment seat and took the penalty for the son. And I think a lot of times officers have that hard, you know, that the grasp of I'm too guilty. I can't, I can't accept that, you know, where justice 
like in Romans, you know, 623, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And it's that butt factor. God plays that butt factor, you know? You know, we are so used to delivering law. And then when it goes to the courts, it's completely different, right? You know, and it's like the judge did what? You know, and, and that's, a, that's the thing that we have to understand when it comes to eternal life is God's the determining factor. Sometimes how we view law or justice skews God's grace and mercy, you know, and I remember past in the pastoral ministry, and I'm sure Josiah remembers this too, is you must first experience grace, then mercy, you know, uh, grace that, un, you know, unmerited, undeserved favor of God and mercy holding back that which you deserve. You know, it's like the perfect peanut butter jelly sandwich. You know, it, you know, if you have just jelly, it's just too sweet. If you have peanut butter, it's too sticky. Got to have them together, right? And I think a lot of times cops have a hard time accepting, you know, grace and mercy and forgiveness. And then the reality is, I think a lot of guys, when they die, they're going to be in heaven. Like, how did they get here? Because inside... You know, there's a scripture, I believe it's in First John, it says, when our hearts despise us, God is stronger. And I think a lot of times, a lot of times men and women that wear the uniform, they're like, oh, I don't, I, I don't deserve heaven. I don't deserve heaven, you know, but genuinely in their hearts, they know that Jesus Christ died on the cross for their sins. They personally accepted him in their heart, but yet they have yet to really you know, live out their Christian life and they feel they're going to get to heaven. I don't know if they're going to, you know, Adam, you mentioned rewards, right? They might not get all the rewards, but they're going to be in heaven. Yeah. And you might say, well, what do I care about rewards if I'm going to be in heaven? Well, you're going to care. Mm -hmm. You're going to care yeah. when you get there. So why not start living for Christ now, knowing that the price has already been paid? What do you have to lose? You've got everything to gain and really only the world and it's ridiculousness to lose. So. Well, an interesting, we started off that verse with, you know, those words, it is finished. Right. Um, there are other words that mean significant things in our lives when we hear it. Um when I asked my wife 22 years ago to marry me and she said, yes, um, that was a very powerful word from her that changed my life. Right. I was single. She said yes to my wedding proposal. Um, it changed my life. Um, I'm not a single man. I'm married 22 years happily. Um, goodbyes can be forever. Right. They're final. We don't question sometimes goodbyes when someone says, hey, goodbye. See you later. We take it as see you later. Christ said on that cross, it is finished. And it was not a week. It is finished. I'm done. I'm dead. No, he said it as a winner, as a conquering king over the very thing that separated us from him. Right. I mean, God did not create us so that 
we could be separated for him from him for eternity. It's the Bible talks about that God has created us for his good pleasure, right? For a purpose, for, for something that he's planned out. He desires that we are with him. That's why Christ said, hey, I'm not leaving you forever to his disciples. I'm going and preparing a place for you that where I am, you may also be. And that was only made possible because he went to the cross and because he said it was finished. It was a final a final thing, a final statement, one of power and of might. And for me to question that is to say that God wasn't strong enough or Christ wasn't strong enough to defeat sin in my life. And that is a lie from the pit of hell. Christ is more than able to do it all and exceedingly abundantly more than I could think or imagine in my life. And it's me by faith accepting that gift that he gave for me and realizing that when he said it is finished, it was finished. It was done. It was paid for on that cross. And I get to live with that joy and that freedom, knowing that when I breathe my last here on earth, I will see my Lord and Savior face to face. And that is the greatest reward. Amen to that. So the reason I wanted to have this talk this week, it wasn't because Resurrection Sunday is coming up. It wasn't because of Palm Sunday. It wasn't because of Good Friday. It, it was because I saw this nasty little new shoe mm. coming out dedicated to Satan. <laughs> right. And so it makes me think, okay, there's a couple things going on here, right? Number one, uh, is it just me or is Satan getting a longer leash these days? Is evil getting a bit of a longer leash? I think there's a reason for that. I, I think that uh, our, our, our church age here that we have been blessed to live in is drawn to a close here pretty soon. I, I think that we can look around the world and we can see that that's pretty obvious. If you pay any attention to the earthquakes, the volcanoes, the things from Matthew 24 that Jesus said would be increasing or revving up right toward the time of the end. We're seeing every single one of them. He talks about the days of Noah, the days of Lot, times that were, uh, I, I think, highlighted with sexual immorality and violence. And I think that we're living in those times right now. So why did I want to talk about salvation? Well, I think it's because we are running out of time. I think we're running out of time. And I think the decision for Christ needs to be made sooner than later. Granted, you could step out of your room, fall down the stairs and bust your neck. You could end up with an aggressive form of cancer. I've seen that to too many of my friends, but regardless whether it's your own personal time or whether it's time from God, I think that it's running out. So that's why I wanted to bring that up. I think the time is, is coming to a close here to make a decision for Christ. You know, in light of the dumb shoe that uh, supposedly Nike is not endorsing, but who's the rapper? Is it Little Nas or something like that? I heard that. Does it really Chick matter? Yeah. I heard that Chick-fil-A is making a shoe too. But uh, 
You know, remember uh, during the Is it edible? Yeah, uh, I don't Maybe. know. <laughs> but you know, remember back in the the when they had the housing crash and people that lost their homes. And I remember seeing this in California um, when I was a firefighter there, where people were just squatting in their home. You know, and before they were going to get kicked out, what did they do? They took the refrigerator, the sink, the dishwasher, cabinets. They trashed the place. And I think Satan, like you said, has got a longer leash, but I think he's now more boldly causing more chaos, so to speak. You know, I was listening to uh, Jack Hibbs, this was the last week or the week before, you know, and how there's an evil presence that's going on right now. You know, even in our current administration um, of what they're allowing, you know, with abortion and all that stuff. There is definitely a, a sense of evil, a sense of evil presence, in, in my opinion. Um, you know, I mean, just look at our police culture. You know, defund the police. There's the respect for police officers. Uh, firefighters have kind of diminished in so many ways. And I think you're right, Adam. I think, you know, like the Bible says, today's a day of salvation. You know, anybody that's listening to this podcast, you're not sure of your relationship with Jesus Christ. Well, you better make sure because, you know, time is coming. You know, one thing that we cannot escape is death, you know, and when you die, you're either going to go to heaven or you're going to go to hell. There is no ands, ifs, or buts. And those of us that are believers, we're going to go and we're going to go to the mercy seat and get our rewards and all that, like Adam was mentioning. You know, but those of you that don't know Jesus Christ, you're going to, you're going to have death and you're going to experience the judgment seat. And, and whether you timed it or not, Adam, it's kind of timing, you know, in, in, in a sense of it was of the Lord that we talk about this because we have so many people dying today and, you know, we are in the business of seeing death too. We respond to, you know, crashes and it involves death. We go to a disturbance or a shooting and involves death. We know as believers, and I don't know about you guys, but whenever I see a death, I, I think in the back of my head, did they know Jesus? Mm. You know what I mean? You know, when I was at LA City Fire and I saw a lot of stuff, I'm like, in the back of my head, I'm doing CPR in the rig. And I know they're not coming back. I'm trying to bring them back, but I know they're not coming back. And in the back of my head, are they going to, did they make it to heaven? You know, I don't know. One of you guys said last breath here on earth, first breath in heaven, you know, and as much as like, there's a tragedy of officer involved shootings, right? Some, some people die in the scope of our topic of salvation. That person that dies, if they knew Jesus Christ, they're in heaven, no longer in pain, sucks to be here on earth to deal with that. But, the whole idea of salvation is doesn't matter what we've done in our lives. It's been washed at the blood of Jesus Christ, you know, and those of you that are 
watching this or listening to this and you're struggling with, you know, salvation, whatever sin it is, confess it. Amen. You know, and we all have kids, right? Our, have our kids screwed up? Yes. You know, and have they asked for forgiveness? Hope so, right? Or yes. And we forgive them. And, you know, and if we could be forgiving as earthly father, how much more the heavenly father would be forgiving us. Amen. Yeah. I mean, Joshua, Joshua put it this way when, when he, he, uh, he says this in Joshua 24, 15, if it seems evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. And then Joshua says, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. And it's, 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 it's a heart issue. Christ, Christ wants to be Lord and Savior of your life. And it's who are you going to give the throne of your heart to? It is not your actions, it's not your deeds, it's nothing you ever could deserve. It's a simple choice on your side to this day whom you will serve. Is it going to be the gods of this earth, right? The, the, very, the very things that we see, uh, we, we, we saw that evil, evil prayer in our Capitol building where, where, and if you want to call it a prayer, um, when he talks about you know, praying to the God of Brahman, I mean, if you want to, if you want to follow, you know, many gods and and all of these ideas the world has to offer, go for it. Choose that. But today would be the day where you choose. Choose today whom you will serve. Is it going to be these many gods and what the world has to offer, or are you going to choose today to serve God? And that's what Christ has done for you on the cross. He's given you that option to choose him and he's not making you he's not forcing you he's simply coming with his arms wide open and he's saying choose me today and amen i i stand with joshua and say for me and my house we will serve the lord amen exactly nice all right well with that i think uh just real quick i, I make no assumptions I think that it's important to share how you, how you get saved. And it's, it's really like you said, Josiah, it's a heart thing, but it's expressed verbally or at least in silent prayer. It can be in silent prayer too, but it's basically, it's just a calling on the name of Jesus. It's believing in your heart that he died for your sins, that he rose again from the grave and he's standing at the right hand of the father or sitting at the right hand of the father, depending on what he's up to at the moment. But that he is uh, our propitiation for sins. It's calling on his name. It's repenting, <clears throat> admitting. But first, you have to admit that you're a sinner to begin with. Otherwise, there's going to be this wall of pride that's going to keep you from the Father. Mm -hmm. So we do need to acknowledge we are a sinner. Believe in Jesus Christ. Call upon his name. Repent of your sin. There you go. It's super simple, but it's not always easy. So with that said, um, 
I guess I'll go ahead and close this in prayer. Lord, thank you for bringing us together today for another podcast, more of an opportunity to talk about you, to talk about your goodness, your glory, Lord, your mercy, and your grace, that grace that we don't deserve, that grace that we didn't earn, but that grace that you paid for yourself and that we are the beneficiaries of. Lord, we ask that that this word of salvation, the gospel, would reach just at least one person, one person that you are speaking to today, mm. and that they would come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, Amen. the Son of God. So in the name of Jesus, we pray this. Amen. 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 I Amen. just want to say, if, if you after hearing this podcast uh, did make a profession of faith and you said you declared with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Romans 10, nine says you're saved. I would love, love to hear of that. I know Adam would, I know Mike would, would you send us a message on Instagram, Facebook, um, our email, just let us know. Um, I'll buy you a Bible and send it to you. Um, I want you to grow in your discipleship with the Lord. It is a walk and it will be, um, you know, the Bible tells us it's a, it's a narrow road, but at the end of that road is life. And, and I'm here to walk with you on that. I know Mike is, I know Adam is, I know Steve is. So would you, would you reach out so that you're not alone and we can support you and get you plugged into a local church where you can grow in your relationship with the Lord. Amen to that. Amen. All right. And I think with that said, I think we are end of watch.